There is no roadmap for what is happening in the world today, but the more informed you are, the better your chances are for successfully navigating these uncertain times. This is why the registry continues to bring its real estate news coverage to keep you informed and better prepared to meet the challenges of the industry. We can only do this because of generous readers who support our work. Thank you to your commitment to journalism, especially now. And if you're not a subscriber yet, you can join us at the registrysf.com in San Francisco and at the registryps.com in Seattle. Cecilia Quezada is the president and Julia Campbell a partner in San Francisco-based Quezada Architecture, one of few women-owned and managed architecture firms in the Bay Area. Friends for many years and partners over the last year and a half, Cecilia and Julia share the same ambitious and pioneering spirit for design as they do for life. Cecilia's meandering way to San Francisco began in Argentina, where she was born, and continued through Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where she grew up. She's proud of taking a trek around the world in her 20s that helped open up her perspective on the role she'd like to play in life, which, to this date, shapes her architectural narrative. Julia, on the other hand, hails from London, where she spent some time perfecting her persistence and grit working the Petticoat Lane market to pay her way through architecture school. Now she rides a Vespa through the streets of San Francisco and hopes her son, currently at university in London, will follow in her footsteps. Like any other business in this day and age, Quezada Architecture is doing its best to keep the mill running and ideas flowing. It's a time for creative thinking and hard work, two things its leaders have in spades. Cecilia, Julia, how are you guys? We're doing well, thank you. We're doing great, thank you. Great. Where, where do we find you today? Um, well, I'm actually over, this is Julia, I'm actually over in London, and um, I've, I've brought my son over who's going to study art and design. Uh, so we we braved uh, coming over and flying over. There were only 30 people on the plane, and actually we came over and got tested for COVID almost uh, immediately we arrived, and we got the all clear. So uh, so that's that's given us a lot of, um, you know, kind of more more pause it's it's uh it's allowed us to be able to kind of do all the things that we we have to do to prep, prep him for college yeah wow that's that's incredible 30 people on the plane so that that couldn't have been a profitable <laughs> flight for whatever airline you use to go over that's pretty it's pretty neat um and cecilia how about yeah. you uh, I, i'm well i'm um i'm working from home um sitting in mill valley uh it's a little smoky uh, today it has been for the last couple of days. Um, you know, where our fire season is starting early, which is unfortunate. So, just one more thing to throw into the mix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sign of the times, right? It's either yeah. it's either the Armageddon apocalypse of Northern California or the pandemic or yeah. something. So, uh, well, thank you both for taking the time to speak with us. By by, you know, way of introduction, could you give us a little bit of an overview about your firm? You know what you guys do, when it was founded, how it was founded, um, and we'll we'll start there. Um, sure. So, let's see. Uh, as far as the firm, Casada Architecture was founded in uh, 1994 by my husband Fred and and Jim Barrett. Both of them were directors at studios. Um, we, between Julia and I, and the the founders of our the firm, we all have um, deep roots in studios architecture. 
Um, but we, the firm was basically built through the, the technology clients of Silicon Valley. Uh, we had lots of projects with George Lucas and Marin and uh, financial clients in San Francisco, basically through the 90s. And then uh, in late 99, uh, Jim left architecture and Fred took over the company. And that's when I joined and I brought my background, which was a lot more diverse in, in hospitality and residential and public work. And then more recently, about a year and a half ago, Fred uh, retired and I took over as the president and the majority owner of the company. And at that point, it was the perfect time to take a step back and kind of reconsider the direction of the firm. Um, we had been in business for 25 years and to really think about who we are and what we want to do for the next 25 years. I knew I wanted at that time a woman business partner and somebody who was really well-respected in the community with clients and peers and also had a strong background in business development. And I was considering who that would be. And I literally ran into Julia at a party and we kind of had this uh, dual aha moment and kind of the rest is history from there. Yeah. It's kind of the perfect time for, for Julia to join. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So I, um, so I joined uh, Cecilia after about 20 plus years in kind of large corporate architecture and design firms. And quite honestly, this feels like coming home. In fact, you know, we're still working with people like Google, whose headquarters was the original SGI campus that I worked on in the 90s. Okay. <laughs> so everything, you know, ev everything is connected. It all kind of comes around to, you know, it's, it's actually a very, very small industry. I mean, I was really excited about being part of a women-owned partnership, and as there are really, really very few in San Francisco, and, and also a firm that's really focused on great design and a lot of diversity, diversity of the work, um, you know, from a, from a 600 square foot, you know, wine bar, wine bar in downtown Tiburon to, tra you know, Trans Bay Block 4, which is about 900,000 square feet and is one of the last um, tall towers in in downtown and everything in between so it really it really spoke to me and and uh, you know it's great working with a really good friend it makes you know it makes every day a pleasure even even in times like this right <laughs> yeah. right so 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 I guess I guess the lesson is if you're around Silicon Valley long enough right at some point you're gonna work on all those projects again right as these companies mm -hmm. recycle and industries sort of move move on right um, exactly yeah so tell me a little bit about you guys both mentioned this um, you know uh, you know being a women's women's owned you know business tell me you know how that motivated you and you know how did that come about as a kind of a defining aspect of your firm uh, well that's a great question I think that for me, you know, I, I was exposed to architecture very early on. My mother was an architect, obviously at a time where there weren't that many women women architects. We she studied in Argentina and when we came to this country when I was when I was little, uh, we moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where there were very few women uh, women architects, especially Latinas. She's probably the only one at the time back then. And um, even though she tried to talk me out of it, she and I I remember this quote uh, so clearly, she told me, it's a thankless job and you will never make any money. Um, <laughs> and luckily, I was... And here you are. And here I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, I'm really glad I didn't listen to her because, you know, architecture is, uh, you know, it's a passion profession. And it's, it's, it's one of those professions where, you know, you kind of have a love-hate relationship with it every single day. But I, I, to the, to every day, I feel like I, I go to work or I sit at my desk at home. And uh, I, I still learn something new every single day. 
And um, as far as the woman aspect of it, I felt like, you know, I wanted to continue this firm in a different direction. And for me, having a woman partner who was an equal and, and really strong business minded partner was important to me. I knew that, you know, in San Francisco, which, you know, today there's a lot of women architects. As far as owners of companies, there are a few women owned sole proprietors, um, kind of smaller firms. But as far as partnerships, there really aren't that many that we can think of at all in San Francisco. I think there's a few over in the East Bay. But, you know, as, as something that really differentiates us, I think that it's, it's important, especially now with, you know, around the discussions of inclusion and diversity. And, you know, when we can go into that, those are all, you know, buzzwords going around these days. But um, I just felt, you know, I, that is the direction I wanted to take the company. So is there a certain specialty that the firm has today? Are there, you know, certain projects that you guys have, you know, done over the last few years that are, that, you know, that you're very proud of? So right now we have about 25 projects in the office. And again, you know, talking about diversity, we have, we're pretty much working in every sector except for education. Some of the more notable projects that we're working on right now, we're partnered with Studio Gang, uh, doing one of the towers in uh, Mission Rock, which obviously is exciting for us. Jeannie Gang is one of the most prominent women architects um, in the world right now. So that was an exciting uh, commission for us. Um, we're also working on a 52-acre ranch in Maui. We were hired by UGG to do a new concept for all of their stores, and we're doing a flagship in New York City. And then one of my favorite projects right now, we're doing a, a dog rescue down in Los Angeles. It's called the Happy Dog Project. And that client, who's an awesome client, is uh, really wants to redefine the, the dog rescue process. Uh, as far as the specialty, you know, I think we're really, we consider ourselves generalists at this point. And I think, you know, if you talk about um, kind of the, the future of architecture, I think that's, you know, something that, that we've been considering quite a bit. But, you know, the, the lines between sectors, I feel, are, are really blurring a lot. So, you know, you've got residential clients that are asking their homes to feel like hospitality and tech clients that want their offices to feel like residential. And, you know, so I think, you know, I'd say our our specialty is design. At the end of the day, you know, we it's it's about good design and um, and really serving our clients well. So tell me where that industry was in, you know, 2019, right? And kind of how, and, and where I'm going with this is I, I feel like over the last decade since the last recession is, you know, tech has kind of taken over more of the economic prominence throughout the Bay Area. They were also driving what, you know, office space looks like. And they were also driving the idea of what office space should look like. And that kind of started with some whimsical kind of fun stuff with slides and ping pong tables and that kind of thing. But it's matured over into into kind of a more, you know, re- reasonable, if you will, type of uh, environment. But, you know, as as you kind of analyze that sort of arc, kind of where where did that, you know, come to towards the end of 2019? And, and where I'm going with this is I'd like to understand sort of now with where we are, how does that arc continue forward? I think, you know, that's a really that's a really good question, because I think that what we're seeing is that office office space is really changing. And, you know, remote work is now more the norm than uh, than it ever has been. And I think that we have to learn from some companies that that have been in the remote and the virtual working um, styles as part of their culture or for, you know, for a while. 
and you know be able to look at the office either as more of a destination so that uh, people come to the office to to meet and collaborate and socialize and that they look for culture not necessarily just in the office but also outside of the office in their own community so how do you create culture if you're working remotely by bringing in connections to the community to being involved in you know nonprofit or things that they're passionate about outside in their in their local community and then bringing that back to the office so i think that the the connection between home and uh, office and community and individuals and you know the larger impact that they can have is is much more blurred and that's actually really exciting because it makes you think about the fact that you know the office is not just a place where you go to work sure. and you have everything provided for you but also it's how do you connect to everything that's going on um, in the environment you know beyond the office itself i think what we're seeing is that clients are coming to us to say okay well we need to be back in the office but what is it going to look like and so, for example, you know, we're working with Cliff Bar and they're, they're saying, OK, how do we maintain the culture, but also look at social distancing? And how do you how do you change what the office feels like um, so that you can have maybe um, unassigned desks so that people can come in specifically to meet with you know, their colleagues, but they're not actually, they don't actually have to be there all the time. We're also working with Informa where they're, they're actually looking to to relocate and they're looking for a temporary space because they know that in two years time it, it may be completely different so you know why find something that they have to sign a lease for for 10 years and then have to be stuck with that office you know now in a way is a time to kind of test ideas and you know, try things out so one of the things that that you talked about is you know how you guys have always focused on you know design and it, and it seems that as a as a result of of you know covid and and you know everything like you know that that's that that's come as a as as a consequence of uh, of of that it seems some of the some of the you know tasks that you've described Julia are are kind of focused on sort of you know immediate execution and firms are sort of trying to figure out how they use the space how, how do you then help them incorporate you know thoughtful design around you know their culture and their environment and 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 things like that and are we in a period of where you know the next i don't know year or a couple of years will be focused primarily on this sort of figuring things out before we can kind of go to some you know norm of actually going back to designing space i think that people need to adapt what they have and so you know, in some ways, they don't necessarily want to invest in something completely new. Having said that, you know, when, when we talk to, you know, Google, they're actually taking this time to pause and really completely rethink what they do with their workspace. So in some ways, I think that this period is giving giving some companies that ability to to actually take some time to really think about what, what as I say, what the purpose of the office is and how do you how do you make it most effective and i think others are looking for kind of short term investment to at least kind of bring people back so that they can um they can at least collaborate together and it seems to be on a, a on a spectrum across but i think i think a lot of companies are taking that pause to really be thoughtful about what their their next steps should be you know i've heard of other companies where they were looking at uh, restacking 
their camp their urban campus and now then that now they're actually looking at finding spaces um that could be more of a suburban campus which will allow for people to drive because you know they don't want to have an urban campus where they're going to have a lot of people going up and down elevators and in close proximity so i think the the type of buildings may also change um not just the way that they're being used from from your from your perspective and from where you guys sit, you know wh- what are what are you seeing out there that is sort of interesting and really kind of you know innovative in that space? Like, are there some companies that are doing some things that are, you know, really kind of creatively looking at this and, and not necessarily your clients, but just just in general, um, would would love to hear some some ideas there. No, I mean it's just interesting when you talk about innovation because I feel like you know even though things are really difficult right now. You know, I think that this is a really exciting time for innovation. I mean, at at the end of the day, you know, in our core as architects, we're problem solvers. And, you know, we haven't we haven't had this many problems to solve in a long time. You know, so I think, (laughs) you know, I, you know, I think we're talking a lot about kind of office space, because I think that's what that's what's affected immediately as we're all, we've all moved out of the office and are considering how do we move back in? I mean, obviously we're, we're doing that for our clients, but we're also doing it for ourselves. I think, you know, as an office, first of all, we feel extremely fortunate that we're in a profession that can continue working. There's so many people out there that we're not able to continue, you know, whether it was restaurants or hair salons or whatever that is. Right. And the longer we go at first, everybody's like, Oh, this is great. We get to work from home. We don't have to commute. I don't have to change my clothes from the waist down, you know, that kind of thing. And the longer we're going, the more we're seeing kind of the impacts of what that means, specifically around, for us, collaboration. And collaborating remotely is difficult, especially for our younger staff. We feel, you know, we're also seeing that, you know, our younger staff are really missing out on a level of education. They're not overhearing conversations about, you know, how do you waterproof something or whatever those conversations are, they learn so much kind of through osmosis of being around other architects in the office and and designers and or even just being able to just turn around and ask someone a question. Right. And so we're, we're trying to figure out internally, you know, how do we continue that, that education for them and the mentorship? um, And then what are those tools? And when we first started this, um, we had an, we had kind of an internal bet going on in the office of, okay, how long are we going to do it? You know, and I was actually the one who said, I bet you we're doing this till July. And because everybody was like, oh, we're going to do it for a month or two. And now there's still a big question mark of really, how long are we going to be doing this? And I, it's, yeah. and it's not as if like, okay, now it's done. Everything's back to normal. This is, this mm-hmm. will have, this will change everything moving forward. That's that's exactly right, and that's that was going to be my follow up question. Is you know how did this specifically impact your firm also, right? So certainly, it sounds like it's made an impact on some of the younger employees in mm-hmm. your firm. But but overall, uh, are, are you guys still closed? Have you opened a little bit? Uh, what have what how how has this you know worked with technology on your end? Has has that been challenging? Tell us a little bit about that that experience. Yeah, I mean, I think we we've had a couple plans to go back, and then things have flared up. I mean, we did early on have one employee employee who who got COVID, and um, she's younger, and she is still sick. Oh wow! And so I think that that's given us pause to to really 
um, you know, this is scary. We don't, you know, we, we take it very seriously um, that we don't want to endanger our, our staff for any reason at all. And we recently sent out a survey to everybody talking about not just, you know, how is it, it's kind of a check-in of how are things going as far as productivity and, you know, what do you think will continue, to, uh, what what tools can help you to to continue to work from home better, but then also, you know, are you interested in coming back? Do you feel safe? What would make you feel safe to come back? And we do have, you know, a few employees that are, are definitely interested in coming back. And so we're starting to to put a plan around that. You know, it's still we. You know, we don't have a date of like, okay, this is the date everybody's coming back to its right, capacity. Right. You know, it's it's really on an individual basis. But you know, the other impact that we've seen, um, and really just within the last couple of weeks, we have three employees uh, in our office, all women, who have children, whether they're small babies or or um, small kids, that have all asked for leaves of absence, indefinite leaves, because of childcare and homeschooling. And our concern as women architects is that this could impact women in architecture and, you know, potentially having them leave the profession for an indefinite amount of time. And then what does that look like? You know, we, you know, obviously we're advocates for women and minorities in architecture and, you know, them leaving, you know, is, could have a big impact to, to the design community. Yeah, and that's a very interesting point that you're bringing up, Cecilia, because I think that is, you know, not you are experiencing that on a micro level, but it sounds like it's really been an issue across the country and perhaps across the world. And I I can attest from our personal experience also, my wife and I run the registry, and, you know, when the kids need something, it's 99% of the time they go to her. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we can, you know, certainly understand that. And, And that will be. Interesting to see how that plays out in the in the future, because um, you know here you are trying to you know uh, you know bring diversity and inclusion and you know promote women throughout the industry. Yet you know they're they're the ones on the sort of forefront of kind of you know being impacted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are those are interesting uh, discussions, I'm sure. So this is also a time as as tough as it might be for all of us it's also a time to innovate i suppose right and and kind of come up with you know new products new services new offerings how is your firm you know looking at that and how are you guys you know looking towards the future and into into the next cycle well i think i think the the biggest thing we're thinking about is how do we invest in the people i, mean, I think that you know i'm i'm a huge believer you start with having you know focusing on the talent and the right people that um and you do great work and the business does well naturally and so i think that you know we're, we've been really looking at kind of our core team we've actually hired key people as well in our in our business we had a new marketing manager we had a new controller and we've had a project architect and and i think that they you know those are people who have never actually met each other in person yet but you know we we thought it's really important to invest in the talent that we've been able to find. And so we're also looking, we're doing a lot of lunch and learns. We're really focusing on getting Revit training right. and, and also doing research, you know, research around, around COVID and materials and, you know, workplace strategies. And so, so that the time that we put in now, hopefully will, you know, will, will benefit us further down the road, but it'll also kind of shore up the, you know, everyone was moving at a mile a minute before all this happened. And there wasn't a lot of time for all that extra investment. And I think that's, it's even more important to really focus on 
um, on the on the folk who you know we're building those relationships with, and hopefully for the long time. Right. And Cecilia, you mentioned, you know, you when you approached your 25th anniversary, it was sort of a time for kind of reflection and or introspection and kind of thinking about, you know, what does the firm look like in the future? You know, what, what, what how does this throw, a, you know, this must have thrown a kind of, you know, monkey wrench in, in all of that. Um, you know, tell me, tell me what, what are your thoughts about, you know, how you advance the firm forward? Well, it definitely threw a monkey wrench into our into the big party we were going to have. We were going to have our 20, 25 year anniversary and the the Julia joining party, and so but but you know that will happen eventually. Um, but you know one of the things that I, I very much wanted to focus on and that I want to focus on in the future is again we feel very fortunate to have been in business and successful for twenty five years, and I want to focus on projects that have a positive social impact and to really give back to the communities that have really sustained us over the years. We do have one project that, especially with everything that's been going on with Black Lives Matters and the uh, social justice movement that's happening, we, we started working on a project in Marin City a couple of years ago. It's for the Marin City Health and Wellness Clinic. And um, I feel like in times like this, you, I'm, you know, we're all struggling at some capacity. You know, I can't I, I can't imagine anybody right now is not affected by what's going on, whether it's financially sure. or emotionally or, you know, mental health is a huge issue right now. But for me, what's what really sustains me is 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 trying to help feel like helping other people inherently helps ourselves. Right. So I've gotten really involved again. Um, that project went on hold because they were in the process of looking for a new executive director and trying to raise funds. And so a group of us have, have gotten together and we've been meeting on a, an, on a regular basis. And that project is so important, especially to the community of Marin. You know, Marin County is the, I don't know, the third or fifth wealthiest county in the United States. And I think a right. lot of people here in Marin have no idea that Marin City, how it came to be and kind of the systemic racism that, that formed that community. But, but that that client specifically are there. They have really incredible services, and the project that we're working for them is a brand new clinic and 100% affordable housing units. And so we've been working, um, trying to raise funds and and get the word out. And working on those types of projects, I think, is something that we we definitely want to focus on in the future. You know, where we love we love working for the the Googles and the Ubers and the. But I, we really love want to balance that out with with these types of projects as well that integrate the communities and and really give back. I'm going to go to a slightly sort of dark place right now. My understanding is that the industry as a whole has been impacted tremendously and architecture firms sort of around sort of the you know world have been laying off people. I'll I'll turn this back to a happy ending. <laughs> I promise. But but what does that mean for architecture now? Do do you feel that the industry itself is going to, you know, shrink and therefore be impacted by by that? How how do you see kind of, you know, what's evolving today, you know, having an impact in the immediate future? Um I mean, I think that every recession or every impact really does affect our profession. I remember in 2008 when we when there was the great recession, 
we lost a huge uh, number of intermediate folk from architecture. A lot of people actually went back into the tech industry afterward, and, but there's always been this kind of missing middle. And so it's only really now when people kind of came out of school in 2008 that they're actually, you know, we've got 10 to 12 year people now who are, you know, who are in the industry. And so for a while, it was actually really hard to, to find that, you know, that talent. So I think that will happen again. But I, th- I also think that architecture is one of those things that, it again, it's a passion profesh- profession. And, you know, I think even in, you know, it's funny because uh, I, you know, but two of, two of my children in this period have both decided they want to become architects, which either is, I'm obviously either making it look way too easy or I'm having too great a time or (laughs) they or they see how much we love what we do. And, you know, so, you know, I'm I'm actually exciting for them to go into college and do architecture because it's something that is is really important to me personally. And and I love the fact that, you know, that hopefully they'll come out and maybe we'll have some you know, great, you know, two, two new great talents. Um, yeah. But, um, but I think we also need to start in the schools and, you know, make architecture a profession that is respected and is well paid and, you know, actually has a value because we're really impacting people's lives, particularly on interior architecture projects. But then, you know, when you think about all the affordable housing work that's going on and that we're involved with as well there's there's such a need for affordable housing and that kind of work that the architects can can you know provide so I don't know I'm I'm always hope you know optimistic so I think that's just you know that's that's definitely Cecilia and my you know joint uh, personality trait um but um but it has to you know it has to sustain us because that's you know this is the profession we've chosen and and it's 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 not going away <laughs> of course yeah and and you've given me a segue into in, into what was going to be my next question which is you know what 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 do you guys you know what are you optimistic about right what what do you see you know good coming out of this this whole thing for the for the industry and and for your firm it's this that's that's a hard question, right? I think mm. um, again when we were talking about there was kind of the first period of okay we can do this. I think we've recently gone into hunker down mode. Okay, mm. where you know this is going to be a while, and I think for architecture, if you talk to the the brokers, they're talking about the the price of real estate potentially diminishing in half within the next year. I feel like we were initially impacted because a lot of projects went on hold and and or went away. Um, when you have a financial crisis, clients get nervous. I think that I think it's a hard question right now, honestly, because they're usually with a recession. It's like okay, we know eventually things are going to go up again, and we know things will come back again for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just. We just with you throw the global pandemic on top of it, and um, and it's it's a harder question to answer. Um, mm-hmm. Like Julie was saying, I think both of us inherently are optimists. We had a saying that you know started Julie and I did the AIDS ride together twenty five twenty three years ago, and you know what what kept us going was we just you know it was literally we just kept saying to each other just keep going. You know you just you're on that hundred mile back to back days just keep going, just get to that next stop, you know, and I feel like that's where we are right now. And we literally (laughs) say that to each other. Okay, let's just keep going. You know, (laughs) we're going to get to the other side of this for for sometimes as 
you know, on, on the down days of Ugh, what are we doing to, um, you know, on the up days, you know, I think there is still a lot of optimism. You know, we we're still writing uh, a couple proposals a week and the there's still projects out there. And like we were saying earlier, you know, I, I do think that there's going to be a lot of innovation that comes out of this. And so I think the I think once people kind of get over that, the initial hump of how long is this going to be lasting and what does this mean for my business, then I think that uh, there will be a lot more work that will be coming back. And and I think we'll we'll all be stronger on the other side, you know, and I think mm-hmm. it's just trying to, you know, kind of get the, the, through this, this period right now of the, the hunker down mode. I mean, I think that what we also need to focus on is clients, our clients and who we've worked with for a long period of time. And the reality is that we're, we're kind of all in it together. And if, if you, if you think about the, the, the architecture is not just projects, but relationships then you will continue to work, be working with those same clients on the side. And so, you know, I, I think about, you know, what would I tell, say to, an, to a young architect starting in this industry? It's, it's all about making those relationships with your clients, making them your friends so that you have those relationships throughout your entire career. And that's really what sustains an architect. It's those client relationships. So that's, you know, I think that that's really important. Network, network, network. And or is, <laughs> <laughs> is definitely something I would, you know, I think it's important to do. Well, I would say if, if Julia was saying network, 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 I would say, I would say travel, 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 although that's probably not the best advice today. <laughs> but you know, when, yeah. when things open back up again, I feel uh, it was something that I was able to do when I, well, when I was actually in school, but also after school, I took a year off and I traveled around the world and it just opened so much of my perspective on just to get outside of whatever bubble we all live in because we all live in mm-hmm. bubbles, right? But I would say also to diversify your experience as much as possible, yeah. you know, work it in different size firms, do different types of work, you know, get as much exposure as possible. And, and actively seek out mentors, firms with mentorship programs, and surround yourself with people that um, that you can learn from. Because yeah. I think there is so much to learn in architecture. And, and I think finding somebody to guide you through your career, I think, is really important. Great. Well, thank you both for your time. I appreciate everything that um, we were able to cover today. And uh, stay safe. Thank, thank you. you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you.